Well, usually when I do these standalones, I kind of go through them in my head a bunch and kind of rehearse it or, or at least plan out what I'm going to say and try to trim the fat and figure out the, the unnecessary shit that I can get rid of. Um, because this is so fresh, I can't do that. It's more like a documentation of that time I spoke with Jesus. No, um, I did ayahuasca last night for the first time ever. And so I'm going to try to recount that experience. And so I'm sorry if it's long and full of unnecessary shit, but I really just need to say it before I forget most of it. So um, I was fortunate enough to go to someone's house with my best friend to embark upon this journey. I don't usually get scared of anything and I don't usually get nervous for stuff anymore, but I was pretty scared. I was pretty um, apprehensive about the whole thing because I knew uh, for about three months that it was gonna happen. And I knew that there were gonna be other people there. And I've done drugs before, I've done psychedelics and in my experience, I want to be around people that I know and I trust or by myself. And so I was very worried about um, hanging out with a bunch of random people. There is the prospect of purging. And that is uh, explained to you in detail in the emails that go back and forth between you and the person that arranges all this. And the purge can consist of vomiting or shitting out your butthole, or sweating, or crying, or any way to get the guck out of you. And so, <laughs> I was also not real stoked about potentially throwing up in a bucket in front of eight other people, but this is a thing that I've heard about from a number of people and it's been a tradition for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. And I should have researched it before I started this, but I believe from what I've read, this is an ancient um, Native American tradition that's kind of like a coming of, I was gonna say coming of man, but it's really like coming of being. This is your initiation into the world. And when you reach a certain age, you you, you take this medicine and you embark on this journey. And I cannot stress how <clears throat> beneficial it was to my life and my, my outlook on everything. So I, um, we go to this person's house in a residential area at 3 p.m. on a Saturday with the intention of spending seven hours with a couple guides and then my best friend and there were five other people. We show up at this house. I don't know anyone. Um, I'm very scared. I'm very nervous. And so I, I don't really want to talk to anyone. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. The problem with doing psychedelics is that you never quite know what your brain is going to open up for you. And my my tendency is to always worry about whether or not I'm going to come back because I have a lot of stuff that I love in this life. 
that I don't want to leave behind. And um, so that's the deal you make with yourself is that I'm going to take this medicine, whether it be mushrooms or acid or DMT or ayahuasca, you're going to walk into the unknown part of your brain and and give away control to whatever the fuck that is to figure out what you're doing, figure out why anything is what it is. And so I walk in that room and there are um, seven floor mats spaced out in this person's living room. It's a, it's a beautiful house. It's very welcoming. There are uh, psychedelic uh, images and frames on the, on the floor. There are candles, crystals, like it's, it's the best possible <laughs> arrangement for what you're about to do. I mean, I couldn't have pictured it any other way, but the fact that you're sitting on these little mats next to everybody, my first thought was, how the fuck am I going to sit in this spot for seven hours and not want to go somewhere? And so we sit down, uh, everybody, they ask us what our intention is and what we plan to get from it. And my goal was just to figure more out about myself, really just to see what this was because I had heard many things about it and what it could do for you. So I say that, it goes around the circle, everybody says what their intention is. And uh, so it was me and my best friend, uh, this other guy, another woman, a couple, an older couple, probably in their 50s or 60s, and then a, a, a lone guy, um, kind of, he seemed like Eastern philosophy, kind of like uh, he, he practiced yoga a lot. He just seemed like he was of that world. And it was his first time, my first time, my best friend's first time, and the other girl's first time. Uh, the one guy and the couple had done it before. And the, the male of the couple mentioned that he had done it 24 times. That was his 25th journey. And so while everyone's going around the room talking about everything, I am freaking the fuck out. And I am moments away from getting up and walking out. We have paid $150, which I don't give a fuck about the money, but paid $150 for that day. And you're supposed to stay and do it again today. So they, it's 2.52 right now. They are going to be at that house again in eight minutes to do it again. How, I don't know. But that is what you're supposed to do is, is hang out for two days. $150 a day, 300 bucks total. I don't give a fuck about the money. I because of past experience doing psychedelics thought there's no way why the fuck why would you want to travel there if you have not done psychedelics i cannot fully explain it to you i'm going to do my best in what i'm saying right now to explain it but i cannot i cannot explain it to you you will never fucking understand it's like 
you cannot understand what it's like to be a parent until you become a parent. You can hear other people talk about it, but it doesn't make any sense until you've been there. You could fucking look at pictures of Waikiki Beach in Hawaii and, oh, that looks like a cool place. Fucking North Shore. Yeah, nice. I'll go surfing there sometime. Unless you go there and you walk around and you feel the sand in your toes and you jump in the water and you smell the air and you see the fucking sea turtles, you will not understand. But I am going to try to tell you. Anyway. So we're sitting there in this living room. Everybody's talking about their intention. Four people, first time. Three people have done it before. Everybody has different baggage. Everybody has something that they hope will open up and be explained to them. They bring out these little tiny cups. Some people got shot glasses. I got a Moscow mule cup, which is the size of a shot. And it has the medicine inside it. And it's, it's continually called the medicine, which is the best way to explain it. And they explain that within about 14 minutes of drinking this medicine, you will be transported. And so I got to go back to why I was freaking out. I was freaking out because I'm terrified that I'm going to become Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd or any other number of people who have taken psychedelics. Like I think maybe Brian Wilson too. I can't remember what happened to him. But there are stories where people took psychedelics and it broke their brain and they just fucking disappeared. And that's always been a concern of mine because you don't know what's going to happen. You can't perceive it. Um, when, you, when you drink alcohol, you know you're going to be normal again. It's not like you could be perennially, perennially drunk. You will come back to reality. But when you choose to ingest some sort of psychedelic and you go to that fucking place there's always the potential you may not come back. And that is super scary as a regular person in regular life. So as they're going around telling the stories and talking about intentions and everything, the people who have done it before have noticeable issues elaborating and using words and using their vocabulary. And I don't want to judge those people. I, I love everyone in that room after this experience. I love everyone in that room. But for those people, for certain people in that room who had done it before, their ability to reach within their mind and find the words to explain what they wanted to say was not there. And so I started thinking, oh my God, maybe I won't be able to talk after this. Maybe I'll be brain dead to a certain extent and I'll fucking be searching for words all the time. And that would, that would be terrible. I love being able to like pick off the tree and grab a word and there's a word and there's a word and just, I'm like getting the fruit and I'm pulling it in and I'm using it. And that's something that's important to me. And so when these guys are having trouble talking, it starts to scare me. And up until the fucking moment that we drank the medicine, I was about ready to leave. I was about ready to get the fuck up and go because it was terrifying and I, I almost couldn't handle it. Um, but I just kept, kept trying to tell myself everything's going to be okay. You paid for this. You're here. Just go through with it. You're going to be all right. And one important piece of advice that uh, one of the women in the room that had done it before said is she goes, it's going to get intense. It's going to be too much. 
And all you got to do is remember to breathe. Just de- uh, breathe deeply and just bring yourself back. You're going to be okay. And so that was very important once we got into it. We all toasted the medicine and we drank. And so, like I said, there were seven of us that were drinking. I don't know if the female guide drank or not. I thought she did, but I'm not sure. And then there was a different guide, a male, and he didn't, he didn't drink. He had drank many times before, but he was going to be the rock for the room. Everybody's got a little bucket and a box of Kleenex and you have blankets and you have your water. You have all these things that you need, which I didn't know were necessary, but I found out. And so we drink and then we sit there and I'm just sitting cross-legged. You're not supposed to say it anymore, but we used to call it Indian style. You're just sitting Indian style there waiting. And I'm looking around the room and I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. And everybody starts closing their eyes. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I need to close my eyes. Maybe it, maybe it's in, in my mind and I'm not going to need to look at anything. I've, I've seen movies. I've eaten psychedelics before, like I said, fucking nine times already. Um, things move. Things pulsate. The ceiling will do stuff and and the carpet will kind of move it if i put this out i'll put some i'll put some video from popular culture in that i've seen that is very representative of what you see uh i just don't know if i'm gonna put this one out or not but so i'm sitting there waiting and everybody's just real quiet and they had mentioned before that your sensations were going to become very um, intense and you you were going to have otherworldly hearing that the tiniest sounds were going to be magnified. And so I didn't really know what that meant, but I was very conscious of the fact that I shouldn't make a lot of noise. This is a peaceful thing. This is a silent thing. The fucking party is in your head. You don't need to talk. You don't need to do anything. You just need to experience what is inside you because that is where it's going to be. And so I sit there for who knows how long. And by the way, most of the people in the room, they asked us to wear white or light colors. And so I wore a white shirt and I wore uh, Levi's and a belt. So I wasn't as comfortable as I could have been. Everybody else was wearing sweatpants and, you know, like comfort clothing, warm socks, uh, soft, you know, everything was about comfort. And so um, I also didn't mention, they told us not to eat before. We we were told to eat a small breakfast so that you didn't have a lot of food in your stomach because of the purge. You weren't quite sure what was going to happen with the purge. So I'm laying there or sitting there, not much in my stomach other than this medicine that I drank, this shot of medicine, which I didn't describe what it tasted like. It kind of, to me, it kind of had like a licorice hint to it and they gave us a piece of uh, ginger and a piece of apple to um, 
cleanse the palate after you drink it. And I ate the apple after I drank it. So I'm sitting there waiting for this to happen. And all of a sudden, I'm just there. I don't know how it happened, but I was waiting. And all of a sudden, it was, it was like, <laughs> I've been searching for ways to explain it. It was almost like that ride in Willy Wonka when they're going through the tunnel and everything's chill. And then all of a sudden, it's just fucking insane. And you don't know what to do. You don't know what to look at. You don't know. You can't explain any of it. And it, it is the most beautiful, psychedelic, rainbow cycling. I felt like... I felt like I was, I, I thought about Inside Out a lot, the movie, the Pixar movie, Inside Out, how there's like a central control. I felt like I was in the middle of my brain watching a three-dimensional movie, like the, the most inexplainable, rainbow-colored, geometric, uh, polygon, -ish, moving shapes just a constant barrage of fucking insanely inexplainable color and it was like I was in the middle. I don't, I don't know if you played um, Mario Kart. <laughs> The, the Mario Kart game, the Nintendo game, when you go to Rainbow Road, it was like that, man. It was like that. But there's so much happening and you don't have time to focus on anything. It's just, it's a thought, a thought, a thought, a thought. Why is this thing? Why is that thing? What is this? What is that? Fucking, it's just, it's, it's, it's unmanageable and it's just over and over and over and over. And then you just, you start to become overwhelmed. And then I would think about what the woman said. She said, you just got to breathe. You're going to be okay. So I just take a deep breath. I go, you know what? The, you, the other thing that they always tell you is don't try to control it. You, it's your experience. It is a single solitary experience that is unexplainable to anyone else, especially anyone else in the room. Everyone else is having their own experience. The thing that's happening in my brain at that moment is specific to me. It's specific to me. And so I'm sitting there watching all these colors and having all these thoughts and trying to manage everything that's going on. And when I wasn't upset or worried and I just let it go you just feel like this this wash of comfort over you and I was sitting there Indian style and um, I just feel like I'm it's just everything's okay I just kept telling myself that over and over and over again. Anytime I'd get upset, I'd be like, what? What are you worried about, man? It's okay. Everything's okay. You have everything you need.
and I would think that I had to pee. I didn't trust my body. I wasn't quite sure. I wasn't quite sure what, obviously I didn't know what was real. I mean, I knew that I, that's the disconnect. I knew that I was a person, but I knew that I was in a different dimension. And I knew that I had taken a drug, but I was also disconnected from reality and I didn't care. I tried to understand time and I didn't care. And I tried to understand that I have kids and I, I love my kids to death. And I'll get more into that here in a second. But like, I understood that there was no way I could do anything. And I also thought about like, what if the cops bust in right now? Like I was fucked. I could not function in society at that moment. There's no way. And this is all with my eyes closed. And so when I would open my eyes, it was the most fucking distorted. If you've ever seen Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kutcher, when he, uh, when he reads the journal and everything just, and it just starts shaking and like becomes disconnected, that's what reality looked like. I looked down at my legs and it was, it was incomprehensible. It was jagged and ripping and rainbow colored. And the fucking guy, I'm not going to say his name. He came over and this dude is fucking solid. No disrespect to him at all. He comes over and I was fucking so deep, so deep, higher than I've ever been on anything. And he comes over and as he's whispering, because everything is magnified one million times, he says, are you full on? And I look at him and I don't know how to communicate with him. He is talking to me, asking me a question. And I understand that he is offering more medicine to me, but I'm high as fuck, man. And he's, he's trying to get me to take more. He's not trying. He's, he's trying to figure out where I'm at. And I was blast off, man. I was fucking 100 million miles in outer space. I was done. And all I could think of was, how could I get higher, man? <laughs> what are you trying? No, I'm cool. And it's a weird thing when you're in that spot because... I don't, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I, it was, it was too much. It's like, it's like I was in a cocoon and there were like somebody trying to get into the cocoon. And I'm like, no dude, I'm, I'm, let me just hang out in this fucking beautiful place. I'm going to be okay right here. And so he would go around the room and he kept asking my best friend because she, she, has experience with things as well. And it wasn't affecting her in the same way that it was everyone else in the room. She didn't have her eyes closed, visibly fucking fucked. And she was like looking around the room at everybody. And so they thought that she needed more. And she ended up taking a, a second dose, which is insane to me, but that's what they said is that it's wild how it can affect different people with different metabolisms and how much food they have in their body and all this stuff. I found out after the fact that I was the first one to go in and it was like visi visibly obvious to everyone or 
to the two guides who were not drinking, they could tell that I was in it. And still he came and asked me if I needed more. <laughs> he came and asked me again, two times, maybe three, I can't remember. It's hard to explain that place. And I don't want to scare anyone who is listening to this because it is the most powerful thing I've ever done. It is the most powerful place I've ever visited. And it's not for everybody, but it has so much potential. And so while I'm in that, that first spot, I don't have my phone on me. I don't have my watch. I have no idea what time it is. We got there at three, drank at like 3.30. I probably started tripping at like 3.45 before four o'clock. So I can see the sun going down. And so I got my eyes closed the entire time. And periodically I'll open my eyes and I see the, the light from the sun and the warmth from the sun. And I start thinking about how religion is a sham and the the God is in you. This thing that I'm doing right now, this experience I'm having and this, this thing I'm tapping into, that is God. The sun is God. This, this experience, this love that I feel for everything and, and this journey that I'm, that I'm going through in my mind, that is God that is the thing. And somehow it got turned into Jesus and God. It got turned into a, a thing that they could write about in the Bible. And I honestly believe now all this stuff stems from people doing psychedelics and experiencing that because I, I didn't like talk to Jesus or something, but I had a moment hundreds of moments where I felt connected to everything and everything made sense. And while all this crazy shit is happening and I'm in that inside out, inside my brain, the other way to explain it is I felt like I was a little kid, like a seven-year-old kid right in the middle of my brain in this huge fucking like Epcot center style dome. Okay. And there's a little seven-year-old right inside the middle of it. And then there are fucking 500 voices around me and they're all, uh, the way I explained it last night, it's like, it's like, it's like you're, you went to a dream, but you told everybody that it was a dream and anything goes and they do whatever the fuck they want to. And then there are thousands of ideas in your head and pretend like each idea is a different person. It's like all those people came out and they're like, oh, it's fucking free for all, man. Ask this question, ask this question, ask this question. And it's fucking just one after another, just over and over and over and over. And while you're just thinking about like, why are flowers cool? Or why does my mom love me? Or why... Why is a wheel a wheel? Like any fucking thought you can think of. As soon as your brain thinks of it, the next one, the next one, and everybody's screaming at you, all these fucking ideas. And it's too much. It's too much. And then you just go, I'm okay. 
I'm okay. I'm enough. I am what I am. I'm enough. I am enough for this situation. Breathe. And then I, so I, all this stuff is happening. And uh, I had moments where I thought, fuck, dude, what if I don't come out? I have kids I got to take care of. What if I'm just like some crazy person walking down the street, talking to trees from now on? I have to come out of this. Like, this is not, this is, this is inexplicable, but this is not reality. And I love reality. I love that you have people and that you have things you have to do. You have a house. You have a job and you have friends and you have fucking Knob Creek. I love this. And that, that's a recurring theme. We're so lucky that we get to do this. I don't even know what this is. I don't know how this is a thing, but it gets to be a thing and I get to be a part of it and I get to experience it in my own way. My, my, my brain is specific to me. I get to choose and I also don't get to choose what happens up there. But it's unique to me and I have an experience that is different from anyone else in the world. And that is special and it's also not special, but it is what it is. And so you just fucking... You just accept it. You just accept. And so this insane Mario Kart inside out Epcot Center fucking whirlwind happens for who knows how long. An hour? I don't fucking know. And then it finally starts to chill out a little bit. And I could realize that I was coming back. And then... The, the flood of emotion, the gratitude, and the forgiveness. And you start thinking about the guy you work with. You start thinking about your mom and your dad and your brother and your sister and your uncle and your cousins and your boss You have a little moment with every person. And you get to, you get to talk to them in your head. And you get to tell them I'm sorry. And you get to say, you get to say, why, why am I mad at you? Why, why do I Why do I carry all this fucking grief and all this anger 
It's so unnecessary. And you get to say thank you. You get to say thank you to the people that helped you. When when your life was fucked and all those people that helped you and then you get to forgive the people who did it to you. And those people that caused you pain. You get to say think you meant to be that way. I think you fucked up. I had to go through some things to get where I am now. And I don't want to be mad at you anymore. And it's overwhelming. And at different points of the trip, you hear people throwing up, like violently throwing up. Some people have to get up and go to the bathroom. Other people are bawling their eyes out and blowing their nose. And you don't care. You don't judge them because you know that they're all dealing with something. And you realize when they're throwing up that they're getting rid of some fucking horrendous shit. They're literally purging fluid and memories from their body. They're cleaning themselves out. It's so fucking powerful, man. I didn't, I didn't throw up. I didn't purge. I cried a bunch. But there are a bunch of people around me that were throwing up. They were having a rough time. And all I could think about was what happened to this person? that their mind is buried. And so, fuck, I didn't mention the music. I don't know that I have ever heard anything more physically and mentally and emotionally special or relieving. They had some playlist. And it wasn't even a playlist. She was choosing the songs as she went. And it's on this little tiny Bluetooth speaker that's in the living room. It's up against the window. 
and it was like a fucking hundred dollar speaker or something. But I swear to God, I've never heard anything sound so good. Every song she picked was something I'd never heard of. And every song felt like it was 20 minutes long. And I would not fully pay attention to it. It would just kind of be like the soundtrack of your life. And it's in the background and you're working shit out and you're trying to figure out what's going on. You're trying to figure out why you're mad and you're figuring out why this thing happened when you're a kid and whatever. And then all of a sudden, the song changes. And it goes to the chorus or some drums come in or there's a cacophony of melodic voices spread out around you. And it's so, so powerful. I've always loved music and I've always appreciated it, but... It just helps you appreciate everything more. You could not. It's like I was in the middle of a choir of a thousand voices. And every single nuance of every track, if I really focused on it, could become a physical entity. I mean, I didn't see it, but I could feel it around me. And so then you just lay there. <laughs> you lay there on a mat. I didn't mention the blankets. So the other thing that happens is, um, and I've, I've, I've experienced this on mushrooms before, you kind of, for whatever reason, you get cold. And I had trouble, like I said, trusting my body. I didn't know... I couldn't tell if I was really cold or if I just thought I was cold. And every once in a while, I'd open my eyes and look at everybody in the room. And gradually, people started like wrapping up in blankets and putting them over their heads and like just like cuddling up. And I kept going, everyone else is cold. Why aren't you cold? And then my brain would go, you are cold. And then I would be too self-conscious to change my position because I didn't want to make noise because the noise is so fucking loud. You can hear everything. I could have heard an ant walking in China. It's, it's insane how enhanced your hearing is. And so eventually I finally put this blanket on me and then that was so much better. And then at one point, the guy came over. <laughs> he must have thought I was cold or something. He put another blanket on me. And then uh, my friend laid down, and she had brought us pillows, which I was so grateful for. And she, I looked over at her, and she was laying on the pillow. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a good idea. Because <laughs> I've been sitting in this yoga pose for who knows how long and my legs were getting tired and so I finally laid down and then I just I just tried to bring everything together and I laid like this with my hands on my chest on my back 
with my head on the pillow, just staring at the ceiling, with, with my eyes closed, with the blanket over me, the two blankets. And I started to get the feeling that I had to pee, but I couldn't, there's no way I could walk. So I just tried to push it out of my brain. I was like, you can't do that right now. So stop thinking about it. It's okay. So I stopped thinking about it. And then, you know, eventually I did have to get up and go pee, but I could actually walk at that point. But there was a, there was a significant amount of time where I was incapable of talking or moving. Like I just had to, just had to lay there and let it wash over me and experience what it was. And so the fact that you can drink basically a shot of licorice juice and do what I did and experience the things I experienced and channel the love that I feel for everyone is unbelievable. And I honestly believe if you could give that medicine to world leaders or fucking psycho killers or regular people that work at Best Buy, like give it to whoever. If you get the chance to do that, there's no way that you don't have a profound experience where you you question yourself and you question what you do and you question who you love and after a while i just kind of laid there and it was i was coming back to to reality and i just remember feeling so grateful that that i got to beat this this thing that we do. No one knows why it happens. No one knows why I was born on March 3rd, 1984, or why my mom and dad, or my mom and dad, or why I have a brother and a sister. No one can explain that. The fact that it even is real defies explanation. The fact that I exist as a human being with the soul or brain or spirit or whatever inside me is unfathomable. I get to do this. I get to make decisions. I get to love. And that's the other thing that was so Overwhelming is I just wanted to tell everyone that I love them. I wanted to tell my kids how much I love them. I wanted to tell my ex-wife how much I love her. My parents, my grandma, my brother, my sister, the guys I work with, all my friends. The amount of love that I had I can't explain it. It's just, I'm, I'm the next day, I'm one day out and I'm still processing it all. So fucking 43 minutes. Um, I feel like that was pretty good.
explanation. But by the time it was almost over, I was ready to go and you you are happy that you had the experience, but you're also happy that you're back in life and you're just grateful. You're just grateful. You don't want to be mad at anybody. You don't want to hold on to any of that. And so went back to my house last night with my, with my friend. We talked about everything and we watched some mad men and we went to bed and we got up today and had great conversations about all of it. And uh, then I had a podcast um, and now here I am crying at this table.